it is not the thing. It's what you think about the thing that is creating the palette of your life. And so if you want to start to shift and you want to start to move and have a different experience, start catching what you're thinking about and make sure you choose thoughts that feel good to you and that are in line with where you want to go. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke. I'm joined today by Shannon Earl. Uh, Shannon, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, give us a quick background about uh, who you are, who you help uh, as far as uh, your coaching goes. Um, so I am a neural coach. So I teach a lot of my clients how the brain processes work um, so that they can then kind of pay attention to what their thoughts are so that they move towards the intentions that they have, not away, because sometimes the brain can interrupt uh, just based on habit. So I coach a lot of young adults. I have um, a lot of their parents I will coach as well, I'm trying to help them also change maybe some of their habits uh, so that everybody can kind of get where they want to be. That's probably a, that's a really good idea to coach the, the adolescent or the young adult and the parent because there's a lot of transition, especially during that time, you know, you're, you're becoming an adult. And uh, I remember that time, like kind of early twenties. And it's like, you know, my parents are learning how to interact with me now as an adult, they can guide, but not force, right. The, the, yeah, it's tricky. Young adult still has the, right. Is, is this something that kind of grew out of your own experience or were you noticing friends or how, how did you get started with this? Yeah. Um, I, I worked in a transition school for 13 years. I was program manager for young adults. And um, so I worked with their parents and I worked with the young adults themselves. And then as I started to learn more about neuroscience and what's happening within the brain, of course, we wove a lot of that into the program at the time. And then in the last two years, I, it was just time to launch into my own practice um, and so I just took with me, I, I've worked with young adults for so long that it's just a natural um, fit for me because I love them and I love their parents. And you're right. It's a very challenging time for parents because they're trying to move towards treating their child like an adult, but it's all new. Um, and, and you have to do it differently if you want it, if you still want to stay in that mentor capacity, which they need as a young adult, because their frontal lobes aren't developed fully. Um, so they still need this team around them to say, Hey, <laughs> did you think about, but if you don't have the access point, then you're probably not going to be able to, you know, be in that position. Right. Right. I like that term, the access point. It's like you're as a parent, 
you need your kids to be willing to listen to your advice, which means you have to, I would imagine, let them make some mistakes on their own sometimes and then be there to sort of pick up the pieces and, you know, absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Well, they actually have to make the mistakes. Otherwise, they aren't going to learn how to do it well. Right? You got to fall down, it's similar to working out, right? You've got to tear the muscle a little to get the muscle to grow strong. And it's the same in the brain. You have to fall down so that you can step back and go, wait, that didn't work out very well. And then reassess and try again so that you build the muscle of the brain to be able to know what to do. I think this is a really important topic. Um, I'm a father of four. My oldest just turned 10. So 10, seven, five, and two. You're a busy man. uh, I'm very busy. (laughs) So, so this afternoon, just like every weekday afternoon at 2.30 p.m., I'll pick up the kids. We'll get a bite to eat and go to, go to the park. What I've noticed for a while is um, parents not letting their kids fall down on the playground. You know, their kid wants to do the monkey bars so bad. So they'll grab them, pick them up, hold them by the armpits, and they're doing the work for them. And I'm just sitting there like... I mean, I'm sure the kid's going to be fine. They're not going to be, you know, there's not going to be huge, crazy damage. But at the same time, I'm thinking that kid doesn't know what, what it feels like to fall off the monkey bars because you're not letting them. I mean, is that? Absolutely. Because what then happens is that, and and I think parents, you know, when their kids are young, it's easy because you can pick them up. But when they become a young adult um, and they don't have the capacity to know that they're going to be okay falling off the monkey bars and then go back up and and that that's actually fun. um, What gets created, which we can see is anxiety, right? Is that I'm afraid because I've never actually fallen down and I don't know that I can get back up. Um, We need that capacity to be able to say, okay, life is chaotic right now, but I got this right? Because I fell off the monkey bars 5,000 times, or I skinned my knees roller skating, you know, crash, crash, crash. Um, But I wasn't afraid of it. Whereas if you think about communication styles or different things that we need to learn how to do, and if we don't have access or the parenting way, and it's not parents' fault, it's just kind of part of our society these days, don't allow us to start to build our ability to know we're going to be okay, it's a scary world when you get to be 18 and we say, okay, go to college. And they're like, what? I, I don't well, know what to do. <laughs> right. Cause I think that's a, that's a big thing is that most likely whatever your kid does in life, you know, like me, for example, my, my mom has no idea how to do what I'm doing, build a YouTube channel, you know, grow a following, right. All that stuff. I cannot turn to her directly for that. But what I'm appreciative of my mom for is that I've, she let me fail. And, and like you said, like, I know it's going to be fine and I can find that appropriate mentor. It, who knows about that one little thing about, you know, making a podcast, building up a YouTube channel a fitness business, but, but you're right. It is that. So, so what do you do then? You're, you're, you're interacting with, uh, let's say a a daughter and their, and her parents, right? Mm -hmm. The daughter's, I don't know, 19. Uh, you've missed that window of what do they say, like one to six years old, and then even adolescence and all that, they're in a, you know, she's an adult. Uh, there are some things that have already been established. How do you sort of, what my analogy is, you know, we're, we're hitting the play button on our memories. It's hard to hit the record button and redo stuff. 
how do you hit the record button and make those changes in the brain and make them actually stick? Yeah, great question. So, which is exactly right. We wired, most of our brain got wired between zero and seven when we were unconscious, right? We don't actually conscious awareness of that time. Um, and so a lot of our patterns or habits have been established and then they get reworked based on experience, right? Um, so my job is to really listen for knowing their intention and then listening for the storyline the brain is offering, which it will do, right? Because it just wants to make fast work of whatever's happening. And then teach them how to interrupt that so that they can start to think different thought patterns, which is how you create a belief system or a new neural net, is to think it over and over and over until all of a sudden the brain goes, okay, we're switching over, right? This is now our new wiring which doesn't mean that the old one won't reemerge. It will, it just won't feel as comfortable because you've established this other one. But the problem is, is that brain will resist you because it doesn't like new things. Wants to just stick with the old habit, even though it's making us miserable, we're gonna just stick with it. So my job is to constantly show up with them, listen and say, so do you wanna keep this belief system that you suck and that you can't make any friends, right? And they're like, no, great then let's create a new one. And they don't believe me at first, right? Because it seems kind of magical. Um, and then we reestablish and get, I get them with baby steps to start to show up to their life, utilizing these little things to get the brain to look for more possibilities and stop staying in this limited space. Because in, one of the amazing things is we take in 11 million bits of information and our brain edits it to 40. Wow. Now that 40 <laughs> that the brain gives us automatically yeah. is going to go based on whatever we've done before. So if you're trying to change a new habit, okay, you've got to be aware of the fact this is what the brain is doing because it's going to keep you then in those 40, but you can start to look for more possibilities because the bits that were cut actually happened. They were actually said, they actually exist in the world. You just didn't see them or hear them. Ooh. So it's a real training, but once the brain starts to get a hold of this new way of being, it will do it automatically. And it's not as hard. It's like, you know, like swimming, right? Once you learn how to do it, your body just does it automatically. You don't have to think about it anymore. Right, right. You're going to then fine tune. It's weird at first. And then, and then through the power of repetition, just like working out, just Absolutely. like everything else we do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Is that, so the, uh, the part of the brain, the reticular activation system or activating system yeah right that's what is sort of what you're talking about right we yeah. only notice what we notice and there's millions of other bits of information that are actually there like you said but they're just right over our heads right yeah because we're not looking for it right because yeah. we're kind of our brains are a little lazy it's like oh well here's the information and we say oh okay we're going to go with it because why challenge it unless you know to um, right. And then you think it's real. And really half the time, the brain's not actually telling you the truth. <laughs> right. You, well, you say lazy, I say efficient. <laughs> That's true too. Well, but it's true because if you use this slow thinking, you know, Kahneman's work is fast thinking, slow thinking. Right. It takes a ton of energy to use the slow thinking. So you can't do it all the time or we would be exhausted. Slow thinking more like big picture strategic type stuff or. Slow thinking is more. Like, what do I, or 
like, what do I not, what am I not seeing here? Stuff like that. Or, or, okay. So let's say, you know, you get up in the morning, you're wanting to start to work out and you're like, I don't really feel like it. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. That would be all the fast thinking. Slow thinking would be, okay, let's think about this. Like the end of the day, are you going to feel good? or Are you going to feel bad if you get up now? Right. What's going to, so you have to actually engage the brain to think about whatever it is that's happening and then take a different action. That takes a lot of energy. Whereas the fast brain, no, do it tomorrow. So easy. Of course, I'll do it tomorrow, oh, it right? Fast, yeah. <laughs> and so, it's lickety split. <laughs> right. So being more deliberate, being um, uh, more conscious, right? More aware. Absolutely aware. Coming out of your, your autopilot and asking yourself, like, what do I want to create? And going, does seem kind of very big picture. Right. That would be the slow, real That's slow thinking. Slow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then fast thinking, I would imagine is good to implement once you've done your slow thinking, like, like if you know what direction you want to go, cool. You want to get there as fast as you can. And you almost want to go on autopilot, right? Absolutely. But you want to know that the brain could then quickly move back to, I don't really want to work out. And you just need to, it doesn't mean anything. It's just what the brain's just like, Oh, I just got back in this old rut. And then it's like, okay. And we're going to move back to creating this new neural net, which is I work out. Right. 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 But it never uh, stopped. It's not like one day, all of a sudden this part of your brain is done. It constantly throws us off. And if we don't judge that and just know it's happening, it's easier to get back on track. Right. I like, I I tell people sometimes like the Buddha, when he achieved enlightenment, I don't think that was a permanent condition. I'm pretty sure he had to do it again the next day. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said those switching back and forth between the fast and the slow. Um, My coach, um, Katie, who's I've interviewed her on this podcast as well. She says, she uses the analogy, like being in the weeds or in the treehouse. So it's a very different skill set. Like when you're in the weeds, like, you know, I'm editing podcasts. I'm, you know, I'm like on the computer, but you're, I think you're right. I think the ability to zoom out very quickly to stop. Okay. What direction do I want to go? What are my goals? Regardless of what this little brain is saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you work, so are you, do you work a hundred percent with young adults or do you have outliers as well? Like do people in their Yeah. I love teachers. I work with a lot of teachers um, because they then, of course, go right into the classroom and are affecting a whole bunch of kids. So I love that. Um, I work with a lot of administrators of schools and education. Teachers are just, they're always craving to learn. Um, And then I have uh, quite a few just CEOs, you know, they're working in the organizational world. Um, And so I'll go in and do a workshop maybe for an organization and try to assist in helping them shift uh, maybe even their culture. So I have a little, I kind of move around, but I'd say priority, my, my main um, clientele is the young adults. They're either going to college or they're just kind of emerging out or they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Right, right. So somebody watching this who is interested in the topic and is sort of wondering, like, do I want to take the next step and contact Shannon? Like, what questions should they ask themselves to make that decision? Um, I, I think that the common experience is that you feel like you're in a tunnel in your life, right? And that there, you, there's no possibilities anymore. You kind of, your brain has kind of slowly maneuvered you down into this limited way of living, but you're not actually enjoying it. <laughs> 
Um, that would be the time, most of the time when people are like, okay, I'm ready. I want to do something else. I want to have those possibilities and that excitement, even though it's scary, I I'm ready for more. Uh, that's usually the time people will call to start to gain these tools and be ready to put them into action. Cause it does take practice. You've got to actually, it can't be like one minute you just talk about it, go to the gym once a month and you're like, I'm such a good shape. Right. It doesn't work I that way. Right. <laughs> Right. Got to build the every day. So when you're ready for that, uh, that's a good time to call me. Um, and if you've done work before, it can move pretty fast. It just depends. The more effort you put in, the quicker the brain rewires because yeah. it is just time, right? That you're putting in. It's not magic. <laughs> right, right. It's just time. It's just repetition yeah. over time. That's it. Yeah. And no one's yeah. broken. And that's the thing too. A lot of these young adults, they really do think something's wrong with them. And there's really nothing wrong other than that they bought some beliefs that aren't working um, and it's time to shift those. Very powerful. So uh, Shannon, if you were called into a university to give their commencement talk or into a corporation to uh, you know, give like a keynote speech, what's the one to two minute motivational speech that you would give to them on how to get the most out of life? I would say that it is not the thing. It's what you think about the thing that is creating the palette of your life. And so if you want to start to shift and you want to start to move and have a different experience, start catching what you're thinking about and make sure you choose thoughts that feel good to you and that are in line with where you want to go. That's probably what I'd say. Nice. That's huge. Well, um, that was, that was some great information, Shannon. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Like what's your website, your social media? Uh, my website, shannoneuralcoaching.net and um, same email, shannoneuralcoaching at gmail.com. Um, so that's where they can kind of get hold of me. I'm not on any of the other ones yet. Nice. <laughs> Instagram or any of that. Keep it simple. Keep it yes. simple. <laughs> Trust me. Don't get on them until you absolutely have to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, this is Shannon Earl. Thanks for joining me today. Health in the Real World podcast. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for to learn more.